Welcome to this week's Sharks edition of the Fins Up Podcast. I'm your host, Southo Dan, and tonight joining me, as always, is the handsome tri-assist machine, Mr. Mortimer. Mate, how have you been? It's been a long 24 hours. It has been a long 24 hours, Dan. A lot happened in the, uh, in the 24 hours between podcasts. Um, you know, it sort of brought my mood down a little bit. I know I told you last night, soccer's back on, but we still haven't been given the go-ahead for our basketball competition yet. Um, I nearly had a flat battery from being in the car park last night. I forgot that I left my, my car on. Uh, but I'm back in the car park. I'm back at the car park bringing a podcast to your ears. We bounce quick. The things we do for people, especially after the day we've had on Facebook. Mate, that was just, like, 24 hours later, I am still fucking seething about that bloke. I can't, I, <laughs> I'm going to rant about him more than I'm going to rant about Chad Townsend. This is unbelievable. You pissed me off. Please, mate, the floor is yours. I feel like people need to know this. They need to be aware that this level of moron, moronity, is that a word? It's going to be a word. Yeah, do. This being a moron is actually in existence in 2020. Please, please All tell right. us. Okay, so it starts with Manly 22, the Sharks 40, uh, in a game that I don't think many Sharks fans saw coming, um, it was a way that Cronulla had to win the game was to take Manly's forwards out of the game. And that was not to challenge them in the forwards, it was to play on the edges and in the back line. Um, there was a player on the park that was head and shoulders above everybody else. And that was one Sean Johnson. He got the three Daly M points. He got the Channel 9 man of the match. You got the Fox telling me in the match. And yet, someone on Facebook yesterday said that Sean Johnson had a terrible game because he didn't make a line break. Okay. 15 try assists, 1,000 line break assists, and because he didn't break the line once, the only stat that he didn't excel in, he had a bad game. Yeah, it's like they forget that he kicked Manly off the park and he, you know, he threw a cutout ball to Bryson Goodwin to stroll over. That kick to Sione Katoa was absolutely on point. He put that ball across to Sione Katoa in the first half. Um, he just he created so much space for everybody else. But he didn't make one line breakdown. He didn't. So he, he should be not only sacked, but he should be shot into the sun immediately. This is why we don't deserve nice things as a fan base. No, it's, it's, but it's, not, it's, you know, it's all NRL fans as well. Uh, on Facebook. I shouldn't just say all in our offense. It's Facebook fans, and it's the worst platform ever. But, you know, I went back in with stats that Mitch Moses only has one line break for this whole season, and Nathan Cleary only has three, and they're probably the two best hours in the comp. And he wrote back and just told me to fuck off. That's a good argument. I love it. <laughs> that's, that's the level of what I'm dealing with, and it really just it really just burned me. But let's not give that play any more airtime. Let's talk about the Sharks and how good we were, Dan. And let's talk about Sean Johnson, because that bloke is, you know, he's in some really good form. I said on the weekend that he's arguably the form player of the competition. I think he's on six daily end points in the last three games. Eight. Eight? He's on eight. I stand by it. There's no better player in the competition right now than Sean Johnson. You know, keep your Tedescos and your Tamalolos. We've got SJ, and since uh, whoever it was in the media said he was playing shit, he's been breathing fire. And I love every fucking second of it. Yeah, it was, it was obviously it was Cooper Conk that said that um, Sean Johnson has been misfiring despite the fact that he had crisis and his halfback hadn't. And then obviously Jamie Soward, who does a podcast, we said halfback came out and said that the halves should be Matt Moylan and Chad Townsend. 
And ever since then, Sean Johnson has said, I'm not really listening to the criticism. I know it's there. And he's just, he's unbelievable. What? He's absolutely unbelievable. And, and, and I'm going to say this. I think Sean Johnson took the lesson that the Dragons gave us and has used it in his game. He doesn't need to step 100 people. He needs to use his, his biggest asset, which is number one is his right boot, and number two is his passing game. Absolutely. Just just going back to Soward, what is it about the correlation between hosting a podcast and being a fuckwit? Because it's almost universal. But anyways, going back, yeah, Johnson's been present, incredible. Present company excluded. Present oh, company excluded. It goes without saying. Uh, look, SJ's been fantastic, mate. Not everything he does has to be flashy. I know he hasn't made the 36 line breaks that, you know, people supposedly expect of him, but he's pinning teams down, he's running hard, he's putting players through gaps, and he's putting on tries. What more do you want from your half? Yeah, it's, like, I, I know the easy thing to turn around and say is, well, he hasn't scored a try this year, but he's set up 10. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It doesn't and, matter how they get scored. Yeah, it, and, yes, like, he hasn't scored a try this year, but he's pinned teams so far on the right edge that it just opens up our left. Hey, Katoa is... Uh, the. You've named four, four form... Um, Wingers from memory last night. Uh, Katoa yeah. is by far the least amount paid and the one with the least amount of, you know, uh, probably the, the least known, definitely, in yeah. reputation. And Johnson's turned him into an absolute weapon. That's yeah. all on Johnson. And bear in mind, Chad Townsend got two tries to Katoa in the last two weeks as well. But, like, even still, Chad has... Chad has really turned his form around. I don't think he was great like everyone was saying. I think he was good again, and I think it's it's building for Chad. But he Chad was able to play the game that Chad Townsend wanted to play because of all the work that Sean Johnson did. And yep. our team played off the back of his kicking, off the back of his passing. Even one of the, the most surprising things for me this year has been his defence. Look, that's it. Uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna address. I had this on the list for later. I'm gonna address the elephant in the room now. Every time Chad does something good, you and I get tagged as in a nerdy nerd. People think we want Chad Townsend to be bad. In what world does any fan of any club want their halfback to suck? I said in the chat, and I'll relate it here, I will take Chad Townsend's seed on grand final night if he wins man of the match because it means, you know, except for last year's fast cool circumstances, that we've won the premiership. I want Chad to be fucking amazing, but that's not Chad Townsend. Chad's great when he's good. He's not the focal point of the attack. He's just there when he needs to be, and he's done that the last two weeks. And I know it was pointed out in jest by someone, one of our boys, since he's given the podcasts and all this tweeting and all this rubbish away, he's played good football. I don't think it's hard to see the correlation there. Put the rubbish away. Just be good. Let Sean Johnson run the game and keep the fuck out of my mentions and all will be good. I love it. Chad played as close to as perfect as Chad can this week. Absolutely fine by me. Um, I think the only club that wants their halfback to fail is the Brisbane Broncos. Yeah, um, and yeah, I agree. And you're absolutely right. Like, I don't I don't want to wake up on a Monday morning and go, man, Chad Townsend sucked, and that's the reason why we lost. And it seemed that we were doing it all too much. Like, I don't like him as a halfback. I, I, there are other halfbacks in the competition that I would much rather have him. But he's our halfback. And while he's there, yes, we wanted to succeed. But he was just in a bad patch of form 
and he wasn't getting criticised for it. It seems that the minute the bit of criticism went there, he took a bit of a backseat, uh, a backseat in terms of his off-field and on the field as well, and that's enabled him to shine. Um, I will say the alarming thing, though, he released a vlog today, Dan. I saw that. That not good news for us. Now, I, th- I think he said during it, he said, oh, it's only the Titans this week, so we're going to test it. But the most shark thing in the world would to beat Manly and lose to the Titans. So yeah. I really hope he deletes that before anyone sees it. And, and, and we'll keep on, Chad. Like, as, as I said, I thought he was good. I didn't think he was great. And I think a lot of people were throwing the great performance out from him. And I know it's easy to say because we won and they've got a lot of hype on there. Defensively, you know, I said it in our, uh, I, I said it in our group chat. Um, he got thrown off by Brad Parker like he was a small puppy on your freshly folded washing. Um, and I don't really think... I don't really think that... Oh, no, sorry, it wasn't Brad Parker. It was uh, Brandon Elliott. Um, he's kicking, you know. Yes, we uh, we got the, the try for Dugan. Um, I think he got a repeat set as well, but his long kicking is not the best. His decision-making at times when you can spread the ball, but he, he hits either Wade Graham or he, he turns the players back inside. So I think he's building... And it's great that we've got a confident Chad Townsend again. Um, is, is he where we want him to be? No. But he's above where he was, which is good. Absolutely. You've got, you've got to improve. And Chad isn't the kind of player. He's not a Jonathan Thurston. He's just got to be solid. He was all through 2016. Uh, and you let Maloney run the show. You let Johnson run the show. It's a pretty easy formula. One thing I do have to say is how pretty is the Twitter timeline at the moment, thanks to you, you mate Moylan's legs and the like, with all those avi bets. I miss mine. I actually had the kids at the park. I try not to go on Twitter before games and during games at the moment. Uh, a bit of superstition, two weeks in a row it's worked. Uh, so I, I miss my avi bet, but you guys have just got the timeline looking oh so sweet. Yeah, um, I just want, I want to say this as well. I tweeted before the game that I wasn't going to tweet anything about the game unless Champ Townsend fucked up. And someone at halftime said to me, wrote, replied back to my tweet and said, you're really quiet. And I wrote back and said, yeah, it's because Chad's playing well. And he's like, yeah, but you said you wouldn't say anything. And I was like, that's because he's playing fucking well. Like, what more do you want from me? <laughs> what, more, what, what more do you want? I didn't want to tweet the game. I didn't have to tweet the game because he was good. You can't win. These pricks, no. have, they, they think we're, we're some sort of crusade against the bloke. Don't get me wrong, I still want Sean Donson at 7 and Moylan at 6. I'll, I'll, I'll die on that hill. But while he's playing okay and leaving the major stuff to Johnson, I can tolerate, and like I said before, we don't want any of our players to play badly, except maybe Billy McGillis because it's really, really, really funny. But apart from that, I want them all to be superstars because I want to win premierships. Yep. Uh, speaking of Matt Moylan, man. What can you say about that guy? He looked so confident on the weekend. He did. He was he was out jumping pricks, and I haven't seen that for yeah. two years. When the ball went high, I used to hold my breath and just wait for the mistake. He was flying yeah. above him, coming down with the ball I mean, on his chest with a big smile on his face. Even still, he had that cut on his face, man. He still went looking for work. He was really unlucky um, on that grubber kick not to um, not to score, or you know, was unlucky he couldn't get the ball back to Talakai to score. That ball he threw for Ramian. Two things. That was a suicide run by Ramian. And that was a brilliant pass. That is the most... Look, I've had naked women in front of me that excited me less than that ball. Do you know how hard it was not to reach for the phone and just, like, tweet, ejaculate all over everyone's faces? 
That was such a perfect ball. And you could see it coming too because Raymond hit that gap and Moylan just said, fucking see ya. Well, I tell you what, when Moylan threw that pass, I was harder than a year 10 trigonometry test. Oh, it's beautiful. Great analogy. Yeah. Uh, he just has so much He has so much space. and you could, you, could, you could just see the manly forwards were looking out the back as to where he was. And that allowed Johnson and Townsend to play their game. But also allowed our forwards to really... Really, really dominate Manly, and I think you know. I know Tapao was coming back from injury, and he started from the bench. If Manly didn't have Adam Fanua Blake on the weekend, they were getting wrecked. Yeah, it would have been would have been sixty nil. We won every battle one to seventeen, except Fanua Blake versus Woods. Not to say that Woods was bad or anything, just Fanua Blake was exceptionally good. Um, yeah, Woods, so Woods, Woods did his job. Woods once again third week in a row. I thought Woods really controlled the ruck for us. I thought his runs, he ran with purpose. He's not trying to offload the ball. He's not being an idiot looking for a penalty all the time. You're right. He probably did lose that battle with Adam Fanua Blake, but we got the two competition points out of it as well. Um, someone who really, really impressed me, Andrew Fafita. Can we talk about him? Master stroke by Morris, putting him on the bench? Hugely. He's not a starting forward anymore, and I don't think that needs to be his role anymore. He made more metres in less, less time than most forwards on the weekend. Uh, he's not there to play big minutes. He's not there to make 40 tackles. Get him on for half an hour, bust some tackles, quick play the balls, and then get him back off. Perfect. Look, someone criticised him, and I don't understand it, so I'm hoping you can make light of it. I put on our forum that you know he made 150 metres, and they said, yeah, well, he made 150 metres coming off the bench, running at tired players, retreating. What the fuck's a prop supposed to do, Daniel? <laughs> no, that... What is he supposed to... How do you criticise that? All he did was run at Daniel Levi. Fucking good. That is that is stupid good. shit. That's what we said during the week. Run at Cherry Evans. If you're running run at, at a, Levi. Yeah. yeah. If, if a guy's running at you at 130k an hour, or you've got a small guy running backwards, I'm running at the small guy every time. Fafita yeah. did everything right this week. Only once did I see him do that stupid foot over the ball trick. And every time he played the ball, Andrew with the foot from the referee. So it took one chance. He got one warning. That's all we needed. I thought he was as close to perfect in the role I asked him to play. That's his role for the rest of the year. If he starts, I'm going to burn Twitter down because yeah. that's not his role anymore. He's a bench yeah. forward and he's great at it. And let's, let's talk about the guy who's replaced him in the starting lineup now. I know he's named in number 15 again, and it's almost like the old Tagatizi prior where Pryor was named on the bench and Tagger was named as the starter and they would switch. I think we're gonna I think I think Andrew's just he wants the number eight jersey on his back. Hamlin Newell is the starter. Absolutely. He was so good this week. He yeah. won the early battles. Uh, yeah. he destroyed Thompson. He left he buried Thompson on that first try because that was a yeah. complete front two on one tackle and he buried both of them and went over like scored a brilliant try. Everyone was looking behind him. They were looking at Moylan and Johnson, and Braley just went, big man, over you go. It was poetry. Uh, it wasn't Braley. It was actually Townsend. Townsend. Doesn't matter. I, it, yeah. in, in my head, it was Braley. Yeah. yeah. In my head, it was anyone but. <laughs> uh, Ru- T- Toby Rudolph, mate, his, uh, his impact off the bench along with Talakai just can't be... Uh, you can't describe it at the moment. I love the bench rotation at the moment. I love Ueli start and I love Fafita on. They said it's the biggest bench of all time and I love it. That second half where we, you know, we were leading and it was like, oh, it depends what Sharks come out here. If we drop the ball and we concede in the first couple of minutes, it's game on again. Fafita ran from like Gosford 
smashed him. Toby Rudolph destroyed him on the next one. Then they rolled and rolled and rolled. We went down and scored and never looked back. That that pack is just so aggressive and so big in the middle. I love it. But it's it's funny because someone the same person who slated Andrew Feeder for running at a retreating Daniel Levi praised Toby Woods uh, to, Toby Rudolph for that run in the second half for running at a retreating Danny Levi. <laughs> is, you, is this Facebook again? It's it's like, you know, it's 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 all good that Andrew Fafita, the 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 once upon a time best prop in the competition for running at the small man retreating, but when Rudolph did it, it was absolutely unbelievable. Sharks fans, you cannot be happy as a Sharks fan. It must be ingrained because um, everything he did right. A, a player like Sasafa Talakai, he's the new modern day bench player, isn't he? Like small, impactful, powerful can play forwards, can play in the back row, can play in the edge, can play in the centres. That's the type of player that you're looking for. I love me some Talakai. He offers way more yeah. than Sorensen and Williams for mine. He was our lock for yeah. the majority of the game this week. But I yeah. love the fact that when he went to centres, he had every right to get bathed because he hasn't played there for years. He was up against a much quicker man. Uh, he more than held his own, and it gave us the opportunity to take Dugan off before he did any damage. He has just... Stepped up. I, I love me some Talakai. Uh, what about his shot of Marty to power that left Marty with the trainer? Oh, that was fantastic. It's like, yeah, keep running at our halfback, mate. See where that gets you. Yeah, he folded him. He did. Absolutely folded him. They, they were so brutal and aggressive on the weekend. They had a bee in their bonnet. And I just, even Royce Hunt comes on. And I know he had that one error late on, but the game was won. But uh, he's a fucking machine. enough that's what he's there for he's not there to yeah. time a lola your 300 meters and 30 hit ups just get in bash the motherfuckers get your beer and hit the showers uh blake Braley, best game in sharks colors absolutely I, I put something on twitter that that game ended a conversation that we should never been having over who was the better Braley, as if there was any doubt in the world it's ours yeah and, and i think i think the best part about that, from he, he made two kicks out of dummy half, and he showed that he was, he showed his intent. He was going for two forty twenties. He was. They were early kicks too, with the wind, and even though neither went for forty twenties, they started a team without Tommy Turbo from their own line. And I mean, he's going to make you twenty meters, whereas Elliot's not. So it was just he, he played perfectly to the conditions. Yeah, and then he, he put in the short. He was putting in short kicks as well. He had a run, um, or he had a couple of runs. I, I, I thought it just showed the type of player that we've been expecting him to become. And there was a stupid comparison online saying that Harry Green's better than him already. Well, yeah, but Harry Green's learned from Cameron Smith. Exactly, not not his big dopey brother. <laughs> Yeah, Blake Braley had to fucking learn from Jaden. I know. And you're not going to learn much. <laughs> no, that, that sent him backwards. What what'd you make <laughs> of the Braley try? Um, yeah, I've got that on here as well. Uh, it's a fair try. Fucking Elliot runs off his line and, and hits Graham. And now Wade Graham knows what he's doing. Yeah, he does. Wade Graham, 100% he knew what he was doing when he... He knew when he was going down, he was taking that manly player with him. 
But I'm glad the video referee had the nonce to say, well, Wade Graham wouldn't have fallen over if your player hadn't run off his line to shoulder charge him. Therefore, it's fair game. Exactly. Yeah. Curtis Siren had only got taken out by the actions of Brandon Elliott. That's it. If he didn't touch him, Wade was getting nowhere near the ball and it's a dropout. I think that yeah, was karma. Yeah, Sirenen, uh, Sirenen cleans that up and Bradley doesn't score. So it's a fair try for mine. Yeah, uh, the wingers, man, they're good. Like, Bryson Goodwin has turned out to be an incredible... I don't think you'll, play, I don't think you'll be in the team for the rest of the year, but he's, he's, he's plugged a hole for us. I, would, I wouldn't drop him this week. I'd, I'd keep him there until Ronaldo comes back. Because uh, I, I don't know what Nanette's going to do. Maybe you'll come in and be the best wing in the world. I don't know. I wouldn't risk it. Goodwin's too um, too dependable. I know he dropped that one ball, but I honestly think Moylan should have caught that on his chest. But apart from that, he everything he was there, he's not the quickest bloke in the world, but he doesn't need to be. He's got all the experience in the world, and his positioning's great. He was great under the high ball. And that try he scored, where he just bumped to Fuhr off like he wasn't even there and scored in the corner, that was that was brilliant. Uh, it wasn't Tafur, it was Bruno. Well, there you go. I thought it was Tafur again. So, anybody but Chad. Um, yeah, I, I mean, like, Goodwin is really solid and dependable, but I think when Ronaldo and Nene, uh, and, and I mean, Nene's got to be very close because he was named in the 21 this week. Um, I think they've, they've probably got, like, Nene's quicker, he's bigger, he's stronger. Yes, you know, Goodwin's there to, to plug that hole. I get it. Um, yeah, it's and I mean, it's like, you know, when we signed Nene, we were talking about saying, well, we're going to have two really tall wingers in Ronaldo and Nene, and now Katoa is the second leading try scorer in the competition. We, we, you know, we've gone from having a plethora of backs to none, and now we're like, well, we're talking about keeping Bryson Goodwin in the team. Yeah. So it's, it's nice. It's nice to be there. It's good. It's good. It's good fun to be a Sharks fan. Katoa's been fantastic. He is yeah, the sexiest winger in the game. He scores some he freakish he, he, tries. But you know what? When whoever's gonna like that right wing spot now is his because he's better on the wing. He's a better right winger as a finisher. He's a better right winger as a defender as well. And and you know, Nene McDonald, Bryson Goodwin, or Ronaldo can fight for that left spot. But you've got to leave him on the right because that combination he's got with Jesse Rambian is unreal as well. It is. Well, it's it's the second most potent edge in the competition. And we're talking yeah. a, team, a a competition that has Brett Morris in it and your Tedesco's and yeah. like to be in that sort of glory is just freakishly good. And if Johnson and Katoa keep doing that all year, that's our best chance of scoring points. Don't touch it. No, nah. um, Jesse Ramian for mine. Um, he didn't get involved enough, and and I think that's part of the Sean Johnson conundrum because when Sean's going really well. It's usually because of his boot, which means guys like Ramian and Nakora aren't going to get many touches, but blokes like Katoa are going to get the ball kicked for him. Whereas if Johnson's having a bad game, it generally means we've been pinned down and Ramian's going to have to ruck it out a little bit. So I still think that that's where Sean Johnson's going to go from being a great player to an elite player once he learns out how to use Ramian properly. But, I mean, he ran that line and he did take some hard carries for us. I thought Ramian was good again, but there's a lot to build on from that guy. He's an exceptional centre. Ramian's a freakish talent, and I honestly think the half the Katoa space comes from the fact that they're watching Ramian so closely because every time he touches the ball, he's attracting two defenders because one-on-one is almost impossible to stop. Yeah, and, and, and the, the, apart from being big and strong and, and fast, he's got elite footwork as well. He does, he's a tackle-break uh, king. Yeah, and, and, and 
you know, speaking of centers, on the other side, Josh Dugan was absolutely unbelievable as well. He was taking it to Manly. He was. Dugan is um, whatever he did in New Guinea or whatever happened um, preseason. It's just completely turned him around. He's an absolute weapon. Um, he's a center through and through now. I don't want to hear any discussion otherwise. And he's become, I think, the you know, he played very well at times last year, but I honestly think I'd take 2020 Dugan over anything we've seen previously based purely on the fact that he's just putting in 110% effort with every single hit up, and he looks like he's going to break the line constantly. Yeah, yeah. Took the words out of my mouth, Dan. Uh, Nicora and Wade, still not great. No, but there's gonna you can't every player can't be given you 150 meters. There's gonna be quiet yeah. players. Ultimately, uh, you'd prefer it not to be Wade Graham, who I still think is the best at what he does in the competition. But you know, we won this game in the middle, so we didn't really need the outsides. But in saying that, I think the sooner we get him into lock and solve that conundrum, the better. Nakora's definitely been quiet. I still think he's running that Johnson ball. Way, Johnson line rather more than he needs to but in saying that apart from that one fucking disgusting miss that cost us a try I think he was okay on the weekend yeah yeah he, like his involvement he, he doesn't like my biggest problem with Nakora is he doesn't go looking for work and he seems you know it seems that our, our two back rowers are really channeled which is why I want the shackles off Wade I want him in the 13 I want Wade to be able to go wherever he can go and it, it, you know what Jack Williams was a left-edge second roller in the under-20s at Canberra. Why not just swap Yeah, I agree. You, you know what I did notice this week? A few weeks ago, we, we harped on that Johnson was a right side and Chad was a left. Johnson was popping up everywhere on the weekend, and Chad laid a couple of tries this on the Katoa out right. I, it's like they listen to everything we say and go, oh, yeah. Yeah, because, uh, I, I mean, you, you're absolutely right in your summation of Jesse Ramian when they were looking at him. When Johnson tipped that ball on, everybody ran to Ramian. And Chad was left with a two-on-one with Katoa. And Chad's hands for that were absolutely unbelievable. And Chad wore a shot from George Tafur as he was falling to the ground as well. So It was really uh, the perfect situation. <laughs> but it's really good to see our halves popping up on both sides of the field like a good halves combination should. Absolutely. And not stuck to one side. And not stuck with Sean Johnson going, well, I'm going to play with Will Kennedy or the fullback on the right edge, and you can play with Wade Graham on the left edge. And let's hope that works, because you've got someone like Moylan who's just going, well, fuck you both. I'm going anywhere and everywhere, and you're coming with me. I think Moylan's inclusion has been oh. tremendous. He's changed yeah, look, the focal of the... He's changed the attack. Yeah. Look, Sean Johnson's, you know, the best player in, in our... Like, has been our best player. And you're right, he's, he's, up, he's fifth in the Daly M's at the moment, and he's probably in... Some really, really good form at the moment. But the most important player to our team and how we can progress at the moment is a healthy Matt Boylan. Agreed. He is, yeah. like you said, he's popping up everywhere. That ball for Ramian where he drifted left was like, nah, went back. He just waited. He had all the time in the wall. Yeah. And not many players have that. And just no. as soon as he passed it, you knew what was coming. I mean, yeah. we, we talked, we didn't, I, I still don't overly agree with Kennedy being dropped. I think he was very hard done by it. He he offers a bit, but he doesn't. No one offers what Matt Moylan does, no, and no, you don't always see it. And a lot of people on on Facebook and Twitter are like, "We only had the uh, you know the two tries on the weekend, and he's not all this and that." It's like, do you do you watch him and how many defenders he draws in the back? 
every time it goes Johnson to Moylan to someone, you think they're going to score. It's just, it's incredible to watch. And, I, uh, mate, he, his positioning this week was really good, except that one miss. Uh, he put his body on the line. I know it's easier when you're winning, but he, he was out jumping players that last year would have got a foot above his head. Some criticism was directed at Moylan this week saying, well, he doesn't make many metres. Well, Ben Barber didn't make many metres either. You know? And someone turned around and said, yeah, but if you have a look, Ben Barber made 150 metres against the Titans in, you know, in a game. Well, Ben Barber ran for a 95-metre try that game. Yeah, exactly. It's not... People think, you know, like Tedesco's going to get you at 200 metres a game. Two of us are Shekis. But Moylan's not that That's kind not of player. Right. It's just, it's not, he's not there to make meters. Katoa and Goodwin and Ramin are there to do the hard hit-ups. And even Dugan. That's not what Moylan's there for. He's there to be razzle-dazzle in attack. And I think he's, I I thought that second try assist was rather, you know, fortunate in that it rebounded off about 15 players. But no one can do what he can do. And it's going to show, and I'm hoping it's this week, but there's going to be a game where he puts three or four tries on and people are just going to be lining up to suck my dick. So it's going to be awesome. With him, I will take his ball playing and the space that he gives his outside men and his 100 metres a game over a bloke who's going to kamikaze run into 200 metres with a brittle body like him. And just like... You want a guy who, this is basically what they were saying, was they wanted a guy whose body is made of fucking prawn crackers to be sprinting at the line and making 200 metres. I'm happy for him to take the bomb and fall to the ground and get tackled and let the other blokes do the, the ruck. Because when we get out the other end, he's going to reward those guys with a try. Exactly right. It's, it's so simple. People have got this idea that every player has to do the same thing. They've all got to be the Tedesco meter eater. That's not football. It, it's never going to be the game. And like everyone, every every Sharks fan wanted a ball playing fullback. Now we've got one. Well, that ball playing fullback also needs to run like Talmolo. You're not going to get it. What we need in this team is Matt Moylan to ball play, not Matt Moylan to stroll for 200 meters. We've got no problems getting out of there into the field. We've got the blokes who can do it. <laughs> That's it. They're like, yeah. I just, mate, I, I can't believe these fucking fans. The the one criticism I have with the Sharks is that even though they won quite convincingly. They still didn't put in the 80-minute performance. Yeah. But if you're going to have an off 15 minutes, do it while you're 24 points up. Yeah. That's how I put it there. All in all, it was a, it was a great game. Lots, lots to work on. The signs are there. The progress is there. Unfortunately, you know, it's 40 to 12. Um, you know, Fanua Blake scores that. Curtis Sirenen, your mate Curtis Sirenen, was the best player for Manly by far. Oh, maybe Fanua Blake was, but... Syrenham was definitely top two. Um, he was absolutely fucking unbelievable. Um, and then they get that drop out, and obviously they find touch, and they go and score another try. So it would have been nice to have, have laid on a late try and perhaps gone for 50 and really confirmed that Manly weren't going to win the premiership this year. But as you said, if, if you're going to give up a 10 to 15-minute spell, when you're up 40 to 12, who gives a fuck? Exactly right. I can't remember the last time DCE was kept so quiet. Well, Manly fans can. If you went on their forum, they hate him this year. Really? Yeah. I just want to say one thing. I know we talked about the rotations, but Jack Williams, I thought I thought his first stint was really good. Yes, he you know, he, he made that drop wall and Big Kansas said he probably could have challenged that and, 
and won it. But I don't, you know, it's Cronulla. We don't have the best handling. I don't know if there was enough for the, the ref to turn that over. But he had a big, big first stint. And he was running at people and over people. And then he got hooked. And he didn't come back on for the final two minutes when he played hooker because we took Blake Braley off. It's, it's weird. It seems to be he gives you the first 25 minutes and Han gives you the last 25. And then the other yeah. boys do it. Um, look, whatever works. I'm not a big Jack yeah. Williams fan, but I think in terms of that, I think he's much more suited than Magulius. Um, he's got a lot more size and upside than Sorensen. Probably look, I, I don't I don't I don't want to change a winning side. It's not like we've just beaten the Cowboys 13, 12 or something. We just smash Manly. And that's a that's yeah. a real hoodoo. I know we beat yeah. them every four years, but even even without Turbo, I still thought we'd struggle. So I would I wouldn't touch it. But Williams, look, he probably has to do more. But if he's running hard and he's tackling, and you, if you don't notice Jack Williams, he's done his job. Yeah, exactly right. Um, apart from Matt Moylan's ball to Jesse Ramey, what was your highlight of the game? Um, I thought that set that set coming back from half time, where Fafita killed them and then Toby killed them, and we just kept rolling and we went up and scored. I actually I actually did a calf muscle injury in solidarity with Mitch Moses, my favourite non shark. Uh, when he put the ball down, I jumped in the air, and I'm not real fleet of foot at the moment, landed weird, and I think I've done my calf, but uh, worth it. And I think I think that entire set, the first two minutes of the second half, perfect, because the way we've come out after half time recently has been fucking abysmal. Uh, my favourite, uh, my highlight of the game was Brad Hamlin Ueli running at Adam Fanua Blake and sending him on his ass. <laughs> that was good. It's not so tough now, are you, Fanua Blake? No. Uh, who was your 3-2-1? Uh, Johnson was three. Um, oh, I forgot to write this down. Um, uh, I think Ueli two and Moylan one. Yeah, so at, at full time, I gave my man of the match uh, on Shark Forever Pole to Blake Braley. Um, having watched the game three or four times since, uh, Sean Johnson was absolutely the man of the match. Hamlin Ueli, you're right, was number two, and I put Blake Braley for the one point. Yep, Braley was very, very good. Uh-huh. And let's move on. The Sharks take on the Gold Coast Titans at Seabus Stadium uh, this weekend you know, on the Gold Coast. Uh, in front of confirmed, there will be 2,000 fans, 2,000 Titans fans. No Sharks fans will get a ticket. That's okay. You don't really need one. Uh, the Sharks line up this way. We are 1-17. Moylan, Katoa, Dugan, Ramy, and Goodwin, Johnson, Chad, Fafita, Braley, Woods, Nakora, Wade, Williams, Rudolph, Hamlin, Newell, Talakai, and Hunt. And our extended bench is sorry, Tracy, Kennedy, and Nene. Uh, the Titans team, man, it is ordinary. Corey Thompson is the fullback. Anthony Don and Philip Sammy are on the wings. Uh, Kelly and Peachy are in the centres. Ash Taylor and Fogarty are the halves. Potawaka, Rain, and Jolifay is the front row. Proctor Hipgrave and Arrow is the back row. Shannon Boyd, Sam Lasoni, Bryce Cartwright, and Jared Wallace. They have picked a four-man bench to match our four-man bench, except our four-man bench is way better. Uh, Aaron Clark, Firma, Jai Whitbread, and Tyron Roberts are on the extended bench. I hope they bring Tyron Roberts in for someone um, because he's shit. Um, this is an absolute dreadful pub side, Dan, and yet I'm fucking nervous. The Sharks fan in me says we'll probably lose 10-8 in disgusting weather or something. Um, there, there's... Our, our mate George on Twitter is uh, got a ticket for this game. I do believe he's um, 
he went uh, there at sponsors at work and he went in wearing the Titans shirt that he wears in to get tickets. And then he'll change into his Sharks jersey when he's in the box. So that should be good. Heavily outnumbered. Uh, I'm looking forward to Jolifi coming in. Hopefully the boys yeah. get into him about uh, about the blue bags, which will be fun. Anthony Don always plays his best game of the season against us, so put him down for a try or two. Um, outside of that, look, if we're serious, we beat this side by 20, 30 points without much difficulty. That's not going to happen because we're the Sharks and it's not in our DNA. But I think we'll do them because I think we'll roll them in the middle because that Titans pack's just disgusting. And I think Katoa and Ramin on the field day. Put Ramin down for a Hattie for mine, mate. Yeah, look, I... Like, we should smash their forwards. The Fodawaker will get his... Fodawaker, like Fanua Blake, will get his metres. But, you know, Kevin Proctor is not a guy who's going to run for 200 metres. Kip Grave isn't. Jai Arrow's not the best form, so he'll probably, you know, get me in the match. Their bench is not good. Um, if we smash their forwards, we'll kill their backs. Uh, Dan, I've got a question for you, a little bit of trivia in Sharks-Titans games. Now, they are a bit of a hoodoo team for us. When was the last time we beat the Gold Coast Titans by 13+. plus? 13+. plus. Okay, so we won by a couple of points last year. I was up there and we beat them by one. By one. 2016... We beat them, we had a draw, didn't we? And then we beat them by six. Last year, round two? Yeah, oh, sorry, you've uh, you've got me there. I didn't look at that game. Well, uh, before that. <laughs> b- before that, oh, mate, it'd be years. I think we always beat them by about two or four, or they get us with some freaky try they never would score otherwise. Yeah, I forgot last year we beat them 20 to six. I didn't go back that far to have a look. Because you're right, I'm thinking we we normally beat them by one or two points. But in 2011, uh, the Sharks won up at Seabus 36 points to 12. And do you know who the man of the match was that game? 2011? Yeah. Oh, your mate, Rick Latelli? No, it was Chad Townsend. It was Chad Townsend. Okay, well, that, that surprises me. Chad Townsend had five tries this <laughs> that night, and Nathan Stapleton... Uh, scored all the tries in the week. Five tries, yes. Mate, I'll take that yeah. this weekend. I'll happily eat the crow for that. Yeah. Um, look, with, with that team, you know, we, we've got them everywhere. But except for, except maybe from Locke, right? But I, I think Hamlin Ueli will match up well with Fodawaker. Woods has got the number over Jollifay. Braley's got it over Rain. Our halves are better than theirs. Our back line is completely better than theirs. Our back row just needs to show up. Like, Kevin Proctor's going to be marked up on Britt Nakora, which is good for me. Um, and Hipgrave, the aggressive guy, is going to come up against an aggressive Wade Graham, who still loves... He might not be in the best form with the ball, but Wade still loves hitting people. Their bench, you know, their bench is awful. And they've, they've almost gone for the, the, the same bench as ours, you know, big aggressive people in there that they've named Bryce Cartwright. Um... We should be smashing this team. Yeah, we should. I think we've got a better coach too. I think Morris has um, listened to our criticism and and, uh, yeah. and made the changes needed to. Did you see Hipgrave fuck that guy on the weekend? Yeah. <laughs> he's the best, man. He's seriously. He's, <laughs> just, he's just insane. He's, he's a character, that's for sure. Um, I, yeah, I just... like These games make me nervous. And as you said, it would be so Cronulla to beat... Uh, beat Manly and beat Manly convincingly and then go and struggle with these guys 
And again, you know, one of the things that um, criticism again pointed out to this Cronulla team is that we only beat the dogs by two. But you could just tell them that was that was what we needed to get the confidence to get that building and to get it rolling. And if we can roll the Titans this week, it takes us into a nice position against the Panthers. But we can't look ahead to that Panthers game, which is what I think Cronulla, like this, like Cronulla teams of past have done is. They've, they've looked and gone, we're in a little bit of form and we're playing a hard team in two weeks. Let's not worry about this this game now. Perfect example of the Dragons. We took them lightly and got flogged. We need to turn up this game, switched on. And if we are switched on from the outset and Chad Townsend and Moylan and SJ just do what they can do, we should have no problems. The game should be over at halftime. Absolutely should. Our forwards dominate and then the, the class off the back. Uh, look, if Ash Taylor plays his best game ever and Johnson plays his best game ever, we beat him by 40. It's it's not even close. But it, I, for me, if you, I, 14-10. I'd take a 14-10 win. Just just get it done. Yeah. Let's let's go play Penrith. I, you know, like I, I'm looking at this game now and the selfish part of me wants to continue and play the way that we did against Manly because our four-run against does need a boost. And obviously we're in a 20-game season we're sitting 11th because of for and against. And when we were up 40 to 12 against Manly, we'd actually jump to nine. So that's, I think, I think we need to take this. Like the good teams are going to play, the really good teams are going to play the Titans and, and beat it by 30. And we need to do that. We need to get our for and against into the positive because, uh, you know, teams around us, are, they, they've got to play each other. They're going to lose some games. The Cowboys are hopefully going to lose this weekend. Uh, hope, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to ask for a favour from the Dogs, but, you know, if Manly lose, we can leapfrog them. So we need to we need to give the Titans a hiding. Yeah, we do. Right, look, it could happen. Um, if we're up early, we got to go on with it because we can't yeah. keep fading away or it's going to cost us at the end of the year. But yeah. we got to go there with a attitude that this is going to be a... Close game, we, we grind out a win, and if we score a couple of tries and get ahead, fuck it, let's play some football. But yeah. the win is hugely important this week because beaten Manly, the gloss goes off if you lose within a week to the Titans. Yeah, and look, this block of the next six games for us, I know when we came out of coronavirus, we were we were kissed on the dick with a really nice draw, and unfortunately, we you know we we lost two games, we lost two winnable games that. You know, and, and we lost by bad margins as well. Um, we need to, we need to give the Titans, we need to give the Titans a hiding. Sean Johnson needs to come out with the intent that he's come out with in the last two weeks and seen him get two men of the match awards. He needs to make it a hat trick, and we, yeah, we need to roll them and then take that positive momentum into the Panthers game. Agreed, hundred percent. Because the Panthers are going to have a fucking tough game on their hands with the Tigers. And if we can give the Titans a spanking and Penrith have a game on it, we can then go in and give Penrith a game. Yeah, we can. And that, you know, if you put four wins together in a row in this shortened competition, completely changes your season. And then when you have a look after, I know we don't want to keep getting too far ahead of ourselves, but then we've got the Warriors and Dragons. Yeah, of course. It's those. It's these sorts of games. These. Um, this will separate the men from the boys. Yeah. And, and I mean, we want to be playing finals football. This is it. This is what we've got to do now. And this is where John Morris has got to earn himself as a coach. And this is where a player like Sean, or players like Sean Johnson, Townsend, and Moylan 
have got to lead that team around the park and get these kind of wins. It's gonna be fun. I'm looking forward to it. I'll be I'll be in Port Macquarie this week with the uh, with the parents and the kids. So I'll be sitting at hopefully uh, Port Macquarie Pub or whatever pub up there is with my dad and my son, um, watching a big Sharks win on a Saturday. It's perfect, really. We've actually got a, a lot of support up at Port Macquarie because I do believe uh, one of their teams is the Port Mac Sharks. That's that's true. I was actually going to wear my doggy's jersey up there and try and get some action in the uni, but uh, might give that one a miss. <laughs> Ending a podcast on that, Dan. Oh, we can end it however you like, mate. But I'm looking forward to my holiday, and you cannot ruin it for me. Oh, won't. Uh, on that note, mate, I'm going to howl, Matt Moylan. Howl, Matt Moylan.